This is the Action Network Podcast. It's on target, and it is good. Wow! That's when you have fun. When you're kicking somebody's ass, and they're sucking for win. That was good. Ready? Go. Inbounder on the baseline. Crowd. And a steal! Last chance to death! Way outside. Welcome into the award-winning Action Network podcast. I'm your host today, Brendan Glasheen. The true dance gets underway starting on Thursday. 32 first-round men's basketball games between Thursday and Friday, the NCAA Men's Basketball Division I tournament. Today, we are going to dive into player props for the first round. That's right, player props. And we've got dudes that are super dialed in to the player prop market want to welcome in Sean Kerner. He is Director of Predictive Analytics at the Action Network. One of his newest team members is here, Nick Giffen. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. Nick, familiar with the podcast, familiar visitor with the podcast. He is an Action Network Predictive Analyst. And we have Doug Ziefel, Action Network contributor, also joining us. Thanks so much for making the time. Gents, what would be your biggest piece of advice to someone that wants to attack the player prop market Sean, we'll go to you first and we'll work our way through here. Just what would you say? I would point them to our player prop tool over at Action Labs, um, where you can see Nick and I's projections compared against the market. It's it's very cool and it helps you identify uh, which props we like the most. There's a ton up right now, so I would just point them there. Nick, anything to add to that? Yeah, I would say, first of all, definitely go there. But second <laughs> of all, the, the most accurate thing you can do to pr- projecting props is projecting minutes. You know, if you see something and you think it's strange or you, you like it or you don't like it, investigate it a little further, make sure you, you know, you're looking at the player's minutes and uh, that will inform whether they're going to play more and, and accumulate more of these stats or play less and accumulate fewer of these stats. Doug, take us home. Your biggest piece of advice in the prop market for the tournament. Yeah, my, my biggest piece of advice would be don't get too cute with the, with the matchups you target, you know, look for either very good matchups or very bad matchups. There's no reason to try to pick between guys who may or may not be significantly over or under there. Excellent. Caution is key when it comes to the player prop market. Let's dive right in because we have a lot to get to. Starting with Thursday, Sean Kerner, let's go to you first. Get us going. What do you got? So I'm going to kick it off with Ryan Davis under 16 and a half points at plus 105. Uh, He plays for Vermont uh, and you can find this prop over at DraftKings. Uh, This is one of my favorite props because we're projecting him closer to 13 points. Um, You know, Vermont has had one of the easiest schedules, according to Ken Palm, strength of schedule, coming in at 332nd. Um, And, you know, Arkansas's defense ranks 16th in adjusted efficiency. So this is by far the best defense that Vermont's going to see all season. Um, And, you know, Vermont has averaged 75 points a game uh, this season, but their implied team total is only 67 here. So that's a huge reason why we're much, much lower on him. Um, And we're giving him around a 64% chance of going under this number. So I I love, love this prop. Yeah, Vermont really had no problems in the America East Conference this year. Ryan Davis did repeat as Conference Player of the Year. He missed a couple games during the season, had some injuries pop up. But Vermont was cleaning up in that conference, so he could afford to miss some games throughout the course of the year and just coast to the end of the season. Sean, we'll keep it right with you. You want to go over to the number three seed, Tennessee Volunteers. 
Yeah, so for that game, um, I, I love the Santiago Vescovi over two and a half three-pointers made. It's minus 120 um, over at DraftKings. They're facing Longwood, uh, which ranks 332nd in three-point attempt percentage. Uh, so this is a spot where Vescovi should thrive. He he leads Tennessee in three-point shooting. Um, so we're projecting closer to three and a half three-pointers made and a 66% chance of clearing two and a half. Very nice. Okay. And Tennessee is the three seed over in the South for this season. Folks think they are an underrated number three seed. We'll work our way through our panel, getting through most of our props. Doug, we'll go to you next. And you want to stay on the same game, except we're going to go to the other side. We're going to go to Longwood. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off of Sean here. This is a big mismatch for Longwood. It's a big step up in competition. If you look at Longwood's schedule, the best team that they played this season was Iowa in the opener and they lost by 36 points. So I'm targeting their leading scorer here, Justin Hill, to go under 13.5 points. That's minus 140, and you can find that at DraftKings. Uh, if you look at Tennessee, they're the one, the, one of the top three defenses in the nation, and Hill will likely be matched up with Kennedy Chandler. And I don't, I don't know if you've seen Kennedy Chandler play, but he's a great on-ball defender. He's a six-foot-two guard with a seven-foot wingspan, and he likes to pick pockets. Tennessee's been phenomenal as of late. They are the winners of the SEC tournament. They've been dialing it up defensively. As we mentioned, one of the more underrated seeds as far as three seeds in the tournament this year. And like you said, Hill is the leading scorer for the Lancers, all Big South selection. So Doug believes he could be in for a long day, not hitting his average. We'll stick with you, Doug. Again, we're making our way through player props. We'll start Thursday, work till Friday. Most of our picks here on the Thursday slate of games Richmond, Iowa. You mentioned Iowa as an opponent for Longwood to open the season. You're going over to Jordan Bohannon. What do you have on him? Yeah, we're targeting the hero from the Big Ten semifinals, but it's not going to do with his points here. It's going to go with to his rebounding props. I'm looking for him to go over one and a half rebounds. That's minus 145 at DraftKings. If you look at this matchup, Richmond is a horrible offensive rebounding team. They're 327th in offensive rebounding rate. And Bohannon has gone over this total in uh, 15 of 35 games this season, including two of the last three matchups in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, I also think there's a little bit of game script played in here. If Iowa builds a big lead, Richmond's going to be forced to take outside shots to try to make up the deficit, which turns into long rebounds for Bohannon. Iowa, your Big Ten champion. They, they have come on as of late, playing much better basketball over the final two months. And Bohannon, as uh, as Doug mentioned on the rebounding front, not strong in terms of average through the season. However, he has been a presence on the glass as of late. Nick, let's welcome you in. We go back to Arkansas, Vermont. That is the 5-13 matchup that folks are really high on. We talked about this a bit on the podcast the other day. We went through your your system, the Nick Giffen guide to betting March Madness. It's a game that you didn't want to touch in terms of picking one of those teams like Vermont to go far in the tournament, but it's worthy of bringing up because it's two teams that play very, very similarly. Who are you targeting on the player prop market? Yeah. I mean, uh, so this game should be pretty close. I'm targeting Jalen Williams uh, under nine and a half rebounds at plus one Oh five. You can find that over on DraftKings. The, the issue here for Jalen Williams is Vermont is has ways of preventing rebounds. First of all, they're a very slow paced team. Second of all, 
Uh, Jalen Williams is a defensive rebound hog, but Vermont is the third most accurate shooting team in the nation per effective field goal percentage. So if they're making a lot of buckets, there aren't going to be a whole lot of defensive rebounds for Williams to grab. On the offensive side, Vermont is one of the best teams in the nation at crashing the boards defensively, which will prevent offensive rebounds for Jalen Williams. So slow pace, Vermont really good at preventing defensive rebounds by scoring, good at preventing offensive rebounds by grabbing their own boards there. Uh, if we look at Williams versus slow teams, he averaged 9.2 boards in six games against the four slowest SEC teams, and they definitely weren't as accurate shooting as Vermont. So going under nine and a half here, we haven't projected for around eight and a half. Defensive rebound hog. Did you do that intentionally? I, I did not, but I like it. That's very well done. I, you, I thought you tried to slip that in there and not hope one of us would catch it, but I couldn't help myself. Uh, Jalen Williams, 17 times has hit under this number, has hit the over in eight of his last 10, but Nick is very much into the matchup. And that's interesting what Sean brought up with Ryan Davis. You'd figure those two could be banging inside in this kind of game. But then again, you know, it's in a, in a year of, or in a time of positionless basketball, Davis can also space the floor. So we'll see if that uh, bodes well or it uh, gives Williams any less of an opportunity to grab uh, boards. Let's move to a game that we have a lot of attention on here uh, in the player prop market for Thursday. It's the second game that tips off the Providence Friars taking on the South Dakota state Jack rabbits and the North Florida transfer, Nick Noah, Noah Horschler. Horschler is a dude who can step from the outside and knock it down. And you're going to his player prop in the points department what do you got for us yeah this was actually the first prop i eyed when i was looking for props uh for you know this weekend's games for the for the thursday friday slate and i have noah horschler going over nine and a half points it's minus 105 over at DraftKings. we actually haven't projected for 12.1 points and, and here's why so first of all south dakota state plays faster around 69 and a half possessions per game instead of a 67 average uh, they also have a really weak defense. They rank 223rd in defensive efficiency per Ken Palm. Uh, so if you take a team, you know, similar to them in the Big East, let's say Georgetown at 69.9 possessions and uh, 105.5 points per 100, whereas, whereas South Dakota State's 105.3 points per 100, a very similar team. Horschler averaged 12 points in those two meetings with Georgetown in an average of 32 minutes. We actually have them. Projected closer to 36, 37 minutes. He's averaged 36 and a half in his last four games. Also, Horschler, really good from three-point land. He is a 40% three-point shooter. South Dakota State allows three-point attempts at a higher rate than the national average and a three-point percentage uh, allowed at a higher rate than the national average. So we have Horschler for around 12 points in, in, in this nine and a half line. I like it. With their guards, they slash should create you know, opportunities to work inside, outside. Like we said, there's a lot to get to in this game. I want to remind folks, you are tuning into the Action Network podcast. We are getting you set for the player prop market for March Madness, first round action, Thursday and Friday. Sean Kerner is here. Doug Ziefel is here as well. Nick Giffen, all of the Action Network. We go back to Sean, who is the director of predictive analytics over at the Action Network. We're staying on this game. We're staying on the 413 matchup of Providence and South Dakota State. What do you have for us, Sean? Yeah, so I'm going with Jared Bynum of Providence to go over three and a half assists at minus 145 at DraftKings. It's quite a bit of juice, but it's worth it because we have him going over this 
around 64% of the time. And this correlates nicely with the Noah Horschler prop that Nick just talked about. Um, I could see, you know, Bynum dishing it out to Horscher uh, for three many times in this game. So love this prop. And, you know, the Providence, they've averaged 72 points a game this season and their team, their implied team total here is 76. So he should see some extra assist opportunities. He's averaged 4.2 assists a game this year. So I don't know why they set the prop at 3.5, but we're projecting this closer to 4.4. And again, a 64% chance of going over. So I love getting it at minus 145. Well, and to Nick's point, they like to push pace to South Dakota state. So that could present opportunities, especially on the break for Bynum to get to his number. And he's only gone under this number 10 times. And that's out of 30 games Providence has played. That's two thirds of the games that he has hit the over. So I said, we had a lot to get to in this game with Providence and South Dakota state. So we'll let Sean go first on this one, but this is actually a combined pick. So it's one we should probably feel better about because if two of the three guys on here feel good about it, that's, that's that bodes well. I would like to think so, Sean, Get us started. We're going to go to South Dakota State's leading score. What do you have for us? Yeah, so Nick and I were fighting over, you know, who can get this prop. So we just agreed to both uh, take it. But we both love Baylor Shireman under 18 and a half points. Uh, you can get it at minus 122 right now over at FanDuel. Uh, but this this prop is pretty straightforward. South Dakota State has averaged 87 points a game this season with Shireman averaging 16.3 points a game. However, their implied team total is right around 74. So, you know, 13 points lower than their average. And yet they're offering this 18 and a half. It makes no sense. We're projecting him closer to 15 and a half points here uh, and about a 64% chance of going under 18 and a half. Interesting. So you project 15 and a half and Nick is daring to go under that number too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we're projecting a 15 and a half, that means right around 50% of the time he should be there. So we're getting plus 172 under 15 and a half for the alternate line at FanDuel there for, for Shireman. So, you know, you got to love having positive odds there on something we're given basically a coin flip. Um, just a little bit more on Shireman. Uh, Providence is really good at preventing the three-pointer and foul shots. And guess what Shireman does? He shoots threes and he gets to the line. 60% of his points come from those two places, but Providence only allows 46.7% of points to be scored from either the free throw line or three points. So it doesn't play well to Shireman's strengths. Again, the slow pace there. I like the alternate line under 15 and a half. He's hit under this in 15 games and he's played in 34. So just about 50%. And to Sean's point at 18 and a half, he's hit under 19 points. Shireman, the all summit first teamer in 21 games we work our way to another game finally that was a lot of friars jackrabbits talk on this episode of the pod but hey we're just trying to give you winners here on the podcast sean we'll go back to you you are targeting the budding center for memphis jalen duran yeah so i'm taking jalen duran under eight and a half rebounds at minus 110 you can get this at DraftKings. um you know boise state is very good at preventing offensive rebounds their 22% offensive rebound rate allowed ranks fifth in the country. Um, and Jalen Duran, you know, he has an offensive rebound rate of 13.6, which leads the team. So uh, this is a matchup where he should see fewer rebound chances, uh, especially on the offensive side based on the matchup. Um, and that's, you know, largely why we're projecting him closer to 7.5 rebounds here and a 66% chance of staying under eight and a half. 
over in three of the last five, but under in 17 of 27 games for the season. A Memphis team that did reach the American Championship game against Houston. Houston avenges that loss to them in the regular season, but a game that didn't mean much for Houston at the end of the year. But again, Houston winning the American Championship against Memphis. They get Boise State in the NCAA tournament. Sean, we'll go back to you for another one. You want to target the one seed, Baylor. Baylor, the number one seed in the East region. Yeah, so I like James Akinjo to get over five and a half assists. You can get it at even money right now over at DraftKings. Um, but, you know, th- this matchup is pretty easy against Norfolk State, uh, where they've allowed assists on 54.1% of field goals made, which, you know, ranks 258th um, in the country. Uh, league average is closer to 51. So, you know, Akinjo should see a spike and assists here. Baylor should be able to score it well in this game, hence their implied team total being right around 80. Um, and Akinjo has cleared this number in eight of the past 12 games, which lines up pretty nicely with our projection of 6.5 assists. We have him clearing this around 64% of the time. So love Akinjo to go over five and a half assists here. Let me ask you a quick follow-up because just as a regular Joe Schmo, I see, wait a minute, one seed against a 16. Don't I have to worry about a, a blowout? Is that at all a concern? Uh, yeah, I'm actually factoring it in already. Okay. Uh, his his minutes projection is a tad lower because of that. That's a fair concern. But again, you know, he's going to be extremely efficient when he's in the game. So I think he's going to clear this even if and, you know, if they blow him out, that that meant they were scoring a ton early on. True. So I think it just sort of cancels out here. Fair enough. Let's go back to you, Doug. It's been a while since you spoke. We're moving our move, we're moving down to Friday. So that's a lot for Thursday. We do have picks for Friday, first-round action. Like we mentioned, 32 first-round games. We're working our way now into Friday slate. And you want to target Iowa State and LSU. What do you have for us from that game? Yeah, for that game, I really like Isaiah Brockington's under 16.5 points. You can find that at DraftKings for minus 125. When you look at Brockington here, it's a very tough matchup against an LSU team that you know, considering all their off-court issues, removing Will Wade may may clear the culture a little bit here. And you look at them, they're healthy now, so their defense is going to be at full strength. There was a time where LSU was considered the best defense in the country. They wound up finishing fourth in defensive efficiency. And also when you look at uh, Iowa State as a whole, their issue this season is they have not had a consistent number two option underneath Brockington. And so that's going to allow LSU to be able to key on him throughout the duration of the game. And last point would be uh, when you look at how Brockington performed against defenses that are similar to LSU in efficiency, looking at Baylor, Texas Tech, and Texas, he went significantly under this total in each of their matchups. That's an 11-6 matchup on the bracket into Doug's point. Their next best leading scorer is Tyrese Hunter at 10.8 points per game. Brockington averages 17.2. And as he mentioned, LSU, despite everything going on off the floor, they have been a solid defensive team throughout the course of the season. So I like it. 6-11 matchup. Let's move to uh, Nick Giffen again. Nick, a Friday pick for us. You are looking to USC and Miami. What do you got? Uh, yeah, bienvenido a Miami. We have uh, Jordan Miller in this game for Miami going under 11 and a half points at even money on DraftKings. So the reason I like this is USC is big. They are the fourth biggest team in the nation per Ken Palm. And, and Miller actually mostly operates inside as a power forward. And USC, he, he's not going to be facing a guy, you know, he's not going to be matched up against a guy that's less than six foot nine or even up to six foot 11 for most of the game. USC just crushes two-point shooters. They only allow 
41.6% shooting from inside, and they actually funnel more shots inside as well. So not only are they uh, good at preventing them, but they also force teams to shoot inside and, and then you know make sure they miss. So that's really unfortunate because Miller takes most of his shots from inside. He's super accurate, a 64.9% shooter from two-point land, but if USC is absolutely destroying two-point shooters, making them miss, that's going to impact Miller the most. Also, there's that little issue of pace. USC slower than the national average. All that together is why we have Miller projected for around 10.5 points instead of 11.5. All right, now he has hit this over in four straight games, and most of those coming in the ACC tournament for Miami. So there are two picks for you in the Midwest region. And to take us home, Nick, you want to target Xavier Bishop in the Montana State-Texas Tech matchup. Yeah, this is another one I really like. Uh, Xavier Bishop under for his points total. Under 13.5, you can get that minus 105 at DraftKings. And let's be real, Xavier Bishop plays for Montana State. They haven't faced a defense like Texas Tech, the toughest defense in the nation. Uh, The next closest D they faced was all the way back in their first game of the year, and that was Colorado, and and there are no Texas Tech in defense. In that game, Bishop scored only 11 points, despite that game going to overtime. And and as I mentioned, Texas Tech is going to be a tougher D than Colorado and slower pace than Colorado. Uh, Bishop is already somewhat of an inaccurate shooter. He only has a 49% effective field goal percentage versus the national average of 50%, and Texas Tech should put a dent in that even further. Only 45.5% effective field goal percent allowed. They also force a ton of turnovers, so fewer total shots available if uh, you know Montana State's turning the ball over a lot. We haven't projected for around 11.7, so under 13.5 seems like a comfortable under here. That is a matchup in the West region. That is the third game to tip off the number 14 seed, Montana State, number three seed, Texas Tech. These fine gentlemen will join us again next week on the podcast. So they're not going anywhere throughout the rest of the month and as March rolls on. So once again, you can find Sean Kerner. He is the director of predictive analytics at the Action Network. One of his newest team members is Nick Giffen, Action Network predictive analyst. And Doug Zephill is an Action Network contributor. They do a great job. Make sure you keep up with those guys over on the Action Network. We will be here next week to get you set on the player prop market for the round of 32. Brendan Glasheen signing off. Best of luck with your picks and enjoy first round action.